Good evening, everybody, and welcome into Wiregrass Weather Chat, July 19th, 2020. I'm Alan Skipper, along with my co-host, Radar Chad Jackson. I haven't seen you in like three weeks. I know. I, I ended up having to go to Port St. Lucie with uh, work, and I got stuck down there because people don't know how to put the correct addresses on contracts. So I ended up being down there for like three weeks. So my apologies to everybody and, and to you and everybody watching this on Facebook Live. But uh, we're back and we should be good now because I'm not on the road for a while. Good. Well, we're glad to have you back tonight. We are going to update you on COVID-19 and we has the weather even affected this virus? We're going to discuss that a little bit. Also, Chad is going to update us on the hurricane season we are, I can't remember, it's five or six storms already into the season. Right. And we haven't had any in a little bit, but of course, the worst is always ahead of us in August and September August and October. And October, yeah. So uh, Chad will tackle that. And we have been soliciting questions from you on our Facebook page and uh, asking you to send in questions for us to answer. And we got some good ones, too. And oh, man, we got some great questions. And we are going to. Um, answer some of those tonight all right so let's start off with covid19 chat i don't know if you remember our very first wiregrass weather chat that we had it was on um groundhog's day <laughs> yeah it was groundhog's day groundhog's day yeah and we were talking about covid19 and it got a little bit worse as we got into march a right. lot worse everything then of course shut down and the question was would the warmer weather maybe slow down the spread of the coronavirus like other coronaviruses such as the flu normally that spread slows down um, in the warmer months now scientists at that time they were saying they really didn't know because this was a, a new virus right they were hopeful 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 but hopeful. nobody knew so but nobody knew yeah and actually here's the latest they still aren't really Don't sure no right yeah. if 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 the warmer weather has helped at all it's only been a little bit now, we know we've had this second wave to kick in, and unfortunately, it's looking like the second wave is worse than the first one, but we're not sure if the weather really has anything to do with that. There's so many other variables. You can't really nail down a, a cause and effect, and they probably really won't know the answer to this question. That is, has the weather affected the virus until several months from now after they get in some more data right now I, I actually had done some research on this the other day i was having a conversation with a friend of mine and and uh, one of the things that i'd found in my research that i guess luckily and thankfully now that the um mortality rates for people having to go on to ventilators in the icus they originally thought it was going to be like extremely high 47 to 60 percent and it's actually closer to 15 to 20 percent so when they thought it was going to be a death sentence and now it's not necessarily a death sentence. And now they've learned so much more about it that, um, you know, they're, they're able to diagnose it and treat it more effectively, but there's still so many questions out and it does not look like the heat is going to affect it any at all. No. And even if it does not enough to, to a noticeable difference. Right. And we know we are under the uh, direct mandate from the governor. And she says we need to be wearing masks. Now it's a little bit different in here. We're six um, feet, though. We're six feet, and it's, it's very hard to uh, to announce on here when you're wearing a mask. And so that's the reason we're not wearing them. But everywhere you go here in Dothan, just about every place I've been, signs everywhere, you know, no mask, no shoes. 
No service. <laughs> yeah, no service. <laughs> so you have to have on the mask. And, you know, I think that's probably a good thing. Hopefully within a couple of weeks, I think at the end of the month, maybe that will end. But I have a feeling it'll be extended past then. It's I don't like it. I don't like wearing the mask. I know nobody really likes wearing mm-hmm. them. But if the officials believe that's what we need to do, then we need to do it. Right. And and if you go to someone like, you know, I was stationed in Japan. So over in Japan, during the flu season or cold season, everybody, and even when it's not, everybody wears a mask. Now, I'm like you. I hate wearing the mask. I wear it to protect others. If it was up to me, I wouldn't wear one just because I hate it. Right. But, you know. We, we got we we to protect ourselves. Law. And more importantly, we got to... Protect other people. Right. Okay, now, hurricane season is well underway. Uh, update us on what we can expect. Are we going to even get a hurricane here in Dothan? Well, I, I mean, does are we going to win the lottery tomorrow, too? I mean, it's it's kind of it's what it looks like. Um, now, normally, on an average year, the percentage for the United States to be hit anywhere in any given year is 84%. This year, due to the circumstances of the heat, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, um, and some of the other factors coming into play, it's giving us a 95% chance that somewhere in the United States will be hit by a hurricane. And then the average chance of a major hurricane to hit the United States is about 52% on an average year. And this year, it's 69%. So they have raised it quite a bit from the average um, and we are coming up into our most active months, uh, typically, which is August and September. But we also know uh, Michael hit in, what was it, October? October, that's right. So, you know, that was a Cat 5 there, Cat 4, Cat 5. Um, so it really doesn't matter, I think, at this point what month is going to be the most active. But it would not surprise me to see us get something somewhere here in the Gulf. Whether that means it hits us or not is going to be a different story. And unfortunately, technology and just education, as far as meteorologists and storm experts go, we're just not far along enough to know where it's going to hit. Right. And so, will it hit here? Well, we can say there's just a, as likely of a chance as hitting here in the wiregrass as anywhere else in the country. Right. So, we'll have our fingers crossed. Oh, speaking of that, I just saw a little bit earlier today, the National Hurricane Center a little area that they're watching way, way down mm-hmm. uh, below Cuba. Right. And this system is expected to get into the Gulf. And it has, at this time, now it would change, I'm sure, but as of just the latest update from the National Hurricane Center, 20% chance that that would develop into a tropical system. Right. Rather that be a storm or a hurricane, not really sure. But it doesn't look like it's going to affect us at this point. It's too far down to the south. Right. We have a high-pressure above us that's going to probably block it from coming this way. It's the heat wave. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, but it looks like maybe Texas right. is where it's heading. So if it doesn't form, hopefully it won't. It may still cause a lot of rain for Texas. But it doesn't look like at this time that we will be affected by that. Not that one, no. All right. So we have some questions that have been submitted to us. I have a list of them here. A, a few of you folks have been writing in and sending us some weather questions. All right, so let's start off with the first one. I'll tackle this one if that's all right. Go for it. All right, this is from Tammy. She wants to know what is heat lightning and where did it get its name? Okay, Mm. simply put, heat lightning is not a different type of lightning. It's just regular lightning 
The only difference is, and the reason they call it heat lightning, is because it's so far away, you see the light, the lightning, but you don't hear the thunder. And the thunder takes, obviously, five times slower, travels five times slower than, uh, than the, the light, than right. the lightning. So it dissipates before it reaches our ears. So our eyes see the light, but we don't hear the thunder. And then it's usually uh, just a rapid flashes off in the distance. Right. You never see heat lightning close up. It's always off in the distance. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's heat lightning. The reason they call it that is probably because most storms happen in the hottest part of the day, in the late afternoon into the early evening, usually in the summer months. And probably that's where that word heat lightning came from because it always happens when it's hot outside. That sounds like a good plan to me. All right. Good excuse. Got a question for us? Okay. So one of our very, very avid followers, Stephen, has uh, sent us a question about um, what do we think it will be like hurricane-wise for August and September. So that's kind of twofold. Um, August and September are typically uh, the highest... Um, amounts of tropical storms and hurricanes for the entire season happens generally within those two months. Um, right now, we know that the dust cloud that came through a couple weeks ago, that helped to curb some of the uh, formations. Also, June is not a very big year for it to happen. Yeah, it's not a big or, month at Big all. month, yeah. yeah. Big month, year, you know what I mean. <laughs> Everybody knows what I'm trying to say. I just didn't say it right. Um and then you get to, you know, July is kind of about the same as June. Um, it, it goes up slightly. Um, but then August and September takes a huge leap. Uh, so the, what we know and, and what we think is going to happen is we don't know. But what we think... <laughs> I could have made that prediction. <laughs> right? I mean, you know, <laughs> what we think is probably going to happen is now that the heat wave is here and it's actually really starting to help heat up the Gulf Coast waters, as well as off to the east east side of the United States, when those Cape Verde storms come in off of Africa, and that's where they all, about 80% of them come from, is from the coast of Africa. As those start to move across the waters, there's going to be enough heat inside of the waters for those to stay strong should they form. So that's one of the things that we'll have to be you know, constantly looking for and vigilant, because if they do come off there and they do get organized and they come this way, there's going to be enough uh, warmth in that water to be able to keep it sustained. And as everybody knows that's listening, you got to have that warm water. That's actually the fuel. If the water's not warm and actually almost hot, almost hot, then the storms just don't have enough fuel to really build and become. Yeah, it has to be about 76 degrees or hotter. It has to be the average. So, and I think right now it's about 80. Yeah. So it, it's it's getting there. For it's sure. getting there very quickly. All right. I have a question here. This is from Linda. And she wants to know, what is fireball lightning? Have you ever heard of fireball lightning? I've heard of fireball the drink, but I've never heard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I almost wore that T-shirt. I have this fire, fireball T-shirt. I almost wore it, but I thought, no, I won't do that. Yeah, I, I, I've never actually even heard of fireball lightning. Well, my grandmother used to tell me when we were growing up, she said that these balls of fire, like from lightning, would fall from the sky, roll across the ground, and set the grass on fire. And I thought, oh, come on. There's no way. Sounds more like a meteor. It doesn't sound like lightning. But sure enough, she was right. We don't see that type of lightning quite as much anymore, and I'm not sure why. Atmospheric changes, maybe. But basically what 
fireball lightning or just ball lightning, or sometimes it's called ghost lights. It's when the lightning strikes a, a spherical piece of atmosphere about the size of a grapefruit is what it appears to look like. For up to 20 seconds, it can be illuminated, and it could even roll or move across surfaces. Now, hmm. all the way back to the early Greeks, they were documenting this type of phenomenon. Of course, they didn't know what it was. It was the gods are angry back then. Oh, I figured it'd be my mom was angry at me for something. <laughs> now, I actually ha- I had to look this one up for sure. Nobody knows for sure what causes this ball lightning, but most scientists believe it's a reaction between oxygen and vaporized elements from the soil. Whatever that means. Wow. Okay, but now... It's not St. Elmo's fire. A lot of people call that St. Elmo's fire. We know St. Elmo's fire is usually the, the glowing that happens around airplanes, mm-hmm. and that glowing can, can, can stay visual for, for a long, more than 20 seconds for right. sure. So it's not St. Elmo's fire. It's ball lightning. Okay, ball lightning. Right. So that came from Linda. Thank you very much for that question. Okay, so here, here's, here's one. This one is this one kind of... It is semi-difficult to explain, but we'll try here. So Terry asked, what makes the eye of a hurricane calm? Yes, great question. That's an amazing question. It's also very hard to explain. Um, The best way I can do it, and I mean, I know you don't do laundry very often, but... (laughs) Wait, me do laundry? (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) If anybody out there wants to do laundry, both of us have some you're more than welcome to do. Uh, (laughs) But the best way to really explain it is when you look at a washing machine and it's on the spin cycle and you start to see all your clothes start to spread out from that center as it starts to speed up. Centrifugal force. Centrifugal force. Or the word that I can't never say correctly, the Coriolis effect. Coriolis effect. There we go. Cori. I was close. Cori, Cori something, another majigger thingy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, just because I know about it doesn't mean I can pronounce it, right? It's that it's that Indianapolis education. <laughs> it's an Indianapolis education. So that's kind of how you can explain how the eye of the storm um, becomes an eye of the storm. And then what makes it calm is because as that spin in the atmosphere takes effect and it starts to push those thunderstorms to the outer bands as far as it can go from the central part of the barometric pressure and the thing is is the barometric pressure inside of the eye is usually 15 to 20 percent lower than what the actual hurricane itself is so so that's fascinating so i I think that it makes a lot of sense so you're saying that as in a washing machine when the clothes spread out from the center then the center is calm those clothes hit the wall of of the washing machine and they stop right like when the air rushes out from the center from uh, the hurricane, they sort of form a wall too, and Correct. it's not—it's not a wall you can see, but it's a pressure change that stops it right. from going further. See, that's what I was trying to say. See, that's why we're such a good team because that's exactly what I meant to try to say. That—that's great, great explanation. Thank you so much, Terry, for that question, and Chad for that answer. Okay, Larry wants to know why do car tires? protect you during a lightning storm we've always heard uh, 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 you need to get into a car if there's light if you can't get into a substantial shelter right a car is is a good place to be and he wants to know um why the tires protect you and the survey said 
The tires don't protect you. <laughs> if that were true, then a motorcycle, it has tires, and you would be safe on a motorcycle, but we all know that's not true. Right. So it's the metal casing of the car or the truck or the vehicle. The lightning hits it. Instead of it going through and hitting you inside, it disperses around the metal outside of the car, and that kind of protects what's, you. What's that electrical thing? that uh, Tesla. That's it. Tesla. Yes. You see the cages that people get into with a Tesla. Yes. That's kind of what I think of when yes. I think of that. It, it's so that doesn't mean though. Go grab you uh, some tin and walk around when it's lightning out. That's still not a good idea. No, but if you're caught outside and you can't get big into a house and you're caught with some lightning, get into a car because mm-hmm. that really is probably the safest place. Right. All right. You got another question for us? I don't have any more questions. All right. I think you had some though, don't you? Um, Sharon had a question, and you might can even help me answer this. Uh oh. She wants to know about this current heat wave that we're having pretty much all over the area. Will that hot or heat here in this area will that affect the possibility of hurricanes coming here? It's hot. That's what the heat wave is. Yes. Oh, you want help explaining it? Will Will it affect? Her? I mean, because we're warm, will that mean that hurricanes are attracted to? Our area, because it's warmer than another area? Well, it's area. not necessarily an attraction due to heat, but the heating, like we kind of said earlier, does help to raise the temperatures of the ocean. Um, luckily for us right now, because of that heat wave, we have that high centered right around us. That's kind of like a protective barrier at the moment. Um, so I don't see that affecting us right now while that high is in place. But as it moves off, then... It, you know, now the atmosphere is primed. So it wouldn't surprise me if we didn't see some pretty nasty thunderstorms coming up sometime soon as this high moves out and then probably see some tropical stuff start to happen. So the heat wave is not that it's affecting the land. That has nothing to do with the hurricanes because actually once they hit land, they just dissipate anyway. Right. It's when it's over the waters. That's Correct. when it matters. Right. Okay. Very good. Good question, Sharon. Um, I have one more question. This is from Grayson. He wants to know what is the number one weather killer in the U.S. The number one oh. weather killer in the U.S. Oh, oh! It's not hurricanes. No, it's not hurricanes. It's not tornadoes. Nope. It's not even flooding. It's not flooding. What is it? It's heat stroke. Heat stroke. Heat wave, and the country is in the middle of a big one. Uh, I, my brother lives in Philadelphia. They are expecting to get a heat index tomorrow pushing 110 degrees. I think it was up that high today here. When I got in my car, it said that it was 99 degrees Fahrenheit. So that is the answer to your question, Grayson. Actually, on average, heat kills more people in the U.S. than hurricanes, tornadoes, and flooding combined. Right. That's Oh, that's just incredible. So that question is from Grayson. I actually had a buddy that's a, he's a paramedic here in town, and I wanted to ask him about heat stroke. So I want everyone who's listening, listen very carefully. If you're watching on Facebook Live, uh, here are some heat stroke signs that he gave me. He yes, said if you attention. see someone, they have a very throbbing headache. Maybe you have that. You can almost diagnose that you're getting too hot. So if you have a throbbing headache, you're not sweating. Sweating is good. Right. It's cooling you down. That's just the ev- evaporation of the heat. But if you're not sweating, that's a bad sign. Red, hot, dry skin, body temperature of 103 degrees or greater, nausea and vomiting, rapid, strong pulse, even unconsciousness, you need to call 911 immediately. People die from this. 
You call 911, and then he said you need to move them out of direct sunlight. You need to place them in a tub of cool water if you can. Not ice, but cool. Cool water, that's right. Sponge them down with cool water. However, you can get coolness on them, especially on the back of their neck mm-hmm. and in their armpits. Right. That's where you lose a lot of heat, and that will cool it down. And, and but, you, but you need to call 911 first and get the professionals on the way. These are just some things that you can do while you're waiting on those pyramids. That's good stuff to be watching for, too, with this heat wave out there. Absolutely. You guys, please, please, please be careful. Well, again, we want to thank you all on Facebook Live for uh, tuning in. We're glad we were able to bring you the Wiregrass Weather Chat tonight. And one more time, let's talk about the radio. The radio. We're giving away our weather alert radio next uh, Sunday night. We always do it the last Sunday night of the month. Yeah, last Sunday night of the month. And so we are going to give that away next Sunday. Tell them how they can actually win it. Okay, so how you can win it is you go to our Facebook page, which is at Wiregrass Weather Chat, um, and you like the page and share it. And then what we'll do is at the last Sunday of every month, we will draw a winner out of a hat. And then if you need it programmed, we can program it. I just programmed this one tonight. And then it uh, literally took you a minute or two. Right. Yeah. It's really not hard. It's it's just a couple pushes of a button and you'll see, you know, Houston County pop up, you know, Alabama and you go down to Houston County. But anyway, um, so it's not hard to do. Like and share the page. And then every time you like and share the page, you get entered into the drawing and we will draw next Sunday night. All right, you guys be cool. Take it safe. Remember those signs of a heat stroke and remember what to do in case you come upon someone that might be having a heat stroke. Right. Make sure you check on your neighbors, your fur babies. I mean, any anybody, especially your elderly people. Right. And make sure you're watching your children, too, because as they're outside playing, mm-hmm. it doesn't take them long, and they're very susceptible to it, too. And drink as much water as you can possibly get. Yes. All right, Chad, have yourself a great week. You have a good one, too.